like how do I kind of overrule my heart or my emotional eating um, and stick with what I know is good for me because I know that I'm harming my body when I'm doing that. This episode is brought to you by my new online group program, Connected Eating, where I help people that struggle with emotional eating from feeling out of control with food, feeling not in alignment with how they want to care for their body and spending all of their time worrying about it, that they've tried every diet and finally know that diets have claimed too much of their time, but don't know where to go next. This online group program has been built from my many years of helping people that struggle with food, but now it's not just me to help through this process, but also with the support of all sorts of other people that are working towards the same goals. I have heard too many times that people think that they're the only ones that feel this way, that they haven't spoken with anyone about the way that they eat or the way that they feel in their body. So I'm on a mission to create a community. You no longer need to feel alone, no longer feel ashamed thinking that you're the only one or that it's just you. It's not you. It's how diet culture has impacted all of us so similarly. So come and join us. Come and learn from both me and other people moving towards happy eating and being comfortable in their body. Follow the link in the show notes and I'll see you in there. Welcome to the Art and Science of Eating. I'm Jessica Begg, Registered Dietitian and Clinical Counselor. I worked for 15 years in programs for the treatment of eating disorders. I now help those that struggle with emotional eating and their relationship with their body. This podcast is where I answer questions to help people along this bumpy journey to creating peace with both food and their body. This episode's question comes from Reese. She asks why she eats in a way that doesn't feel in line with how she feels she should take care of herself and her body. What this question is really asking is why we eat food. And we don't eat food just for nutrition. There are so many wonderful reasons why we eat to augment our lives, to celebrate, to comfort, to experience new adventures. And this is actually not to the detriment of our health, that we can have fun with food and still be healthy. In this episode, you'll also hear Reese's forlorn-faced puppy that's outside on her deck waiting patiently for her to get off her computer to let him back inside. But anyway, let's hear more about what Reese has to say. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, just so that we understand what's going on, and um, go ahead and ask your question, and I might have some questions for you too. Okay, so I have struggled with my eating for a long time. I have spent most of my life quite fit and trim, but I've had a couple of times and now again where I have um, gained a substantial amount of weight and am struggling to get rid of it. And I have tried every diet that you can um, imagine. Mm -hmm. And the last one was um, ideal protein, which was very, very restrictive. And I, I did yeah. lose 52 pounds on it, but mm -hmm. trying to maintain that was always um, difficult. But the the part that's really unusual, I think, for me is that I do eat, I know what I should be eating. And I know I do eat quite cleanly most of the time. But then I have periods where I eat all kinds of things like candy, chocolate, all kinds of things that I would not, not normally eat, and I eat them in abundance. And even as I'm eating them in my head, I'm thinking, why are you doing this? Like, hmm. this you shouldn't be eating 
And just last year, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, which is a genetic thing in my family. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just inside the genetic, I mean, inside the um, uh, type 2 diabetes diagnosis. My blood sugars aren't that outrageous. But I think that probably eating a bag of Skittles on the way home from my dad's funeral is probably a, um, a yeah. good indication of how my brain and my heart or my stomach are not connecting. Like I know what I should be doing and yet I still do this knowing that it's mm -hmm. harmful. Yeah, yeah. So what were you thinking? What was your question specifically about that, do you think? Well, I'm just trying to understand how, I, I guess what I would like to know is how I can overrule with what I know I could or should be doing and not just give in to I just, I just feel I, I, what is my question? My question really is like, how do I kind of overrule my heart or my emotional eating um, and stick with what I know is good for me? Because I know that I'm harming my body when I'm doing that. Yeah. It's a very complicated answer, right? Because there's so, so much nuance to that. I think that first things first, we have to look at the mechanics of eating where making sure that the as you say you know i know quote unquote what i what i should be eating but i don't necessarily always follow that and it when i'm when i'm not following that i'm really far off exactly. and i think yeah and i think that first off we have to think about the the black and whiteness of thinking about what we think about food where i'm i'm eating and the, the rigidity of maybe perhaps what you might be thinking when with the word clean eating actually kind of put, put up the, the note for me, right. Is, is that do, does your idea of clean eating, is it too rigid where it's really difficult to um, allow your fun self to, to play a role in here. And it could, cause I think it's really hard for us to always be that good person that eats clean is that sometimes we want fun and there there the uh, mm -hmm. rigid thinking about good eating and clean eating is a result of all the million diets I have done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think you're right, right there. And the very first thing that, um, that my, I am too rigid about what I think I should be eating and I should have some room for fun. I get, I kind of get that, but anyway, I interrupted yeah. you. Yeah, no, 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 that's okay. So yeah, so I think that that would be the first bit is taking a look at the mechanics of your eating to see is how rigid are you being with what you think that you sh quote unquote should be eating? Like, is there, has the, has your history of dieting created too many rules? Like that's what the diet culture is trying to sell is rules and pulling things out and making kind of um, arbitrary rules, honestly, just so that they have something to sell. So have, have those influenced what you think you should be doing. So once we look at that, then you might start loosening up a little bit and it gives you a more wiggle room to, to live. Then the, the next layer that is in there that I hear from you is I wonder around the shame that goes on with bouncing in and out of what I feel like I should be eating and then maybe taking a small step out. And because the diet culture in order to sell something, they use all, all in all marketing and sales, they use shame, right? Is that, oh, you know, we can look back and, and I can, I'll put this in the show notes. There's actually this really funny old 1950s ad that I had found for the course actually, um, was, um, 
basically you could see that they they pulled out some sort of um it wasn't even, it was like a, a, a fabricated issue of, of housewives that they, and then created some shame around it. Like, Oh, don't do this or else you're not a good mother or wife. And then here's our product. That's going to fix that. And that, that thing has not changed in terms of how we market to people. So that we carry that around in terms of food is that we're bad people if we don't eat in this way. So I think that, that that's the other thing is the next step is dropping this idea that I'm a good person when I eat this way. And I'm a bad person when I eat this way, because it, you know, it, there is no morality around this that we can, you know, eat a variety of things. Mm-hmm. The next thing then is, is then looking at too, I think around the shame is, is um, worry around health. I think, you know, you mentioned diabetes, right? Cause I, I think that that amplifies when you, when you step out of bounds mm-hmm. is that you feel like, okay, well now I'm actually really harming myself and it's not, and I feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that where, where we can take a little bit of, um, I kind of like externalizing a little bit at this stage when we start thinking about that of how might you feed your friend or how might you feed somebody that you really care that might even still have this issue would you starve them out and would you shame them if they if they kind of decided one day to kind of oh you know like I'm gonna have a, a little bit of freedom here and and I don't don't mean and I, even as I say that I catch myself I, like I don't mean cheat days but I mean what kind of flexibility would you assume that somebody else might have mm-hmm. and and incorporating that the other important piece about um, chronic diseases that that you've said very clearly here, which is really important here, is that it runs through your family. So even if you ate, quote unquote, perfectly, the likelihood as you age, you're going to get diabetes anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can give yourself diabetes, but how do we manage it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, it, that's where the long run comes in and eating mm-hmm. clean is really difficult to maintain. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I wonder like, what would a normal, I call them normal, but a normal person eat? And like, and what do, what do normal people eat all day long, every day? Like how often do they have treats? Cause treats seem to be um, available all the time, everywhere yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Like you go to a meeting and there's like cookies and. Right, yeah. And every, like everybody's, everybody's way of eating is gonna be a little bit different. Um, how much sweets, like I, I have a, sweet tooth. So I have sweets regularly, whereas somebody may not, that may not be their thing. But in theory, like dietitians, we use this 80, 20 rule as kind of a rule of thumb. I'm very cautious of saying that because often people get a little bit too rigid, even with the 80, 20 rule. The theory is, is is that basically it's 80% of your intake should be of foods that you're looking for, for nutrition. And then the other 20% of, of foods are things that you're eating for fun. And that might include also comfort mm-hmm. is that we eat foods sometimes that, yeah, we eat sometimes that for not nutrition and that 20% can be in the day or a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and how somebody might interpret that might be a little bit different. Um, you know, you, where you're saying like, I'm a very clean eater is that maybe you know, you might really gravitate to eating home cooked meals and a lot more vegetables that in somebody else's baseline in their 80% mm-hmm. and 20% might for you be what somebody might eat as just a regular day. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, know. that's true. Actually, I can see. I can see that because when I'm eating my usual, it it is very uh, like protein and veggie or fruit based. Not a lot, but and even the vegetables. Like, I'm only now starting to eat vegetables that have higher carbs like potatoes or sweet potatoes or yams because mm-hmm. for the longest time and corn and peas and I mean even eating fruit is a big treat for me because yeah. for the longest time I was told not to yeah eat yeah any of that stuff which always didn't sit right with my Mm. my brain but I was like well it's working I'm losing weight (laughs) yeah for the short term right yeah and then and I think that this is where you're butting up against here in the long term Mm -hmm. it's hard to live like that way not being able to have fruit even when you know rationally that fruit is okay Mm -hmm. and that potatoes are okay Mm -hmm. and that starches and grains are such an important part of a meal that we should have rice and potatoes and and Mm -hmm. yams and corn Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so once you start broadening moving towards adding more of those things in your world starts opening a little bit more where you can add in more foods and you can kind of exist in this space without feeling like you're doing wrong Mm -hmm. quote unquote Mm -hmm. you know that 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 gives you more flexibility and then when you start moving to adding in things like skittles and that's part of your 20 you know, it's not such a far contrast where it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I feel pretty good about, about how I'm feeling right now. Like I'm not coming into that hungry. That's mm-hmm. the key, right? Is making sure that you're eating enough and eating starches because often when people are not eating enough starches and grains, they'll crave really sugary things. Mm-hmm. So did I have rice with my lunch? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe that, maybe I'm hungry. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm legitimately hungry. Mm-hmm. And then, but then also, Sometimes you just feel like Skittles. I know. Well, just it sounds very funny to me that a dietitian is telling me that I can eat Skittles once in a while. <laughs> like I just thought everybody would say, "Why are you eating Skittles? Like, there's nothing valuable in Skittles, <laughs> other than the fact that I like them." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that's that's such a compo- important component to food is that we eat because we like things, and that it's. I think people think that we should only eat for nutrition, that we should only eat for serving our body in terms of like, um, like that it's fuel. They mm-hmm. use you know food as fuel, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that there should be fun, like positive emotions, but there should also be negative emotions or or difficult emotions with it as well. So eating, we might eat things um, when we're sad or when we're, when we're bored. Um, but it's or tired. Or tired, tired. For me. Yeah. So, but food, because it works really well, we use it for all sorts of things. Okay. We use it for all of those emotions, but how, if, if that's the only thing that you're using, then it becomes that that we're, you're just using it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and often too, because food is so, it's something that we've created a relationship very early on, like right as we come out of the womb, we're eating mm-hmm. is that, um, and we use it to soothe babies, right? So we use food to soothe ourselves, but sometimes we use food to, to chop our, cell, our head off from our body is that we'll use food to numb mm-hmm. um, rather than feel. And then that's the last kind of step of your process here is finding out, okay, if I'm using food to manage emotions, what are the emotions that I'm feeling? 
what is it that's going on here? And before you got here, like I said earlier, is that once we remove the hunger bit, then you can start unpacking what are the emotions, um, it, the, the, the reaction to move towards food starts slowing down when we're not being driven by hunger. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. might find that it's a little slower. Yeah. And then trying to identify in your body, like, what is it when I'm feeling, when I'm feeling that urge to eat, what is it that's giving me that sense and, and kind of pointing it out in your body, then we can get a little bit more honed with your response at that point. Cause food again, is just kind of like this big mallet trying to manage something here that, that is more minute mm-hmm. is that if you can kind of derive a sense of how it feels when you want to eat, knowing if it's not physical hunger, then what is it? Then we can start pulling out things that where at first steps, I don't actually even suggest that people remove food at this point. I kind of like using food and, and saying, and what else am I going to do? So if I'm feeling what you, what you said, um, tired, I, I would maybe have a snack or something like that, or some, some food that you want, but I would augment that with that to be, to check in. Well, well, do I need a nap first? And then, and then let's go to food or I'm, I'm going to lie down and I might get a little something here and, and to kind of treat the, the tiredness that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, another example might be that somebody might feel, feel um, sad, um, lonely, mm-hmm. bring food in the, into that too. And then I might do things like you know, warmth and comfort. Like I really like hot water bottles. So like a hot water bottle that, and then might be that other food item as well. So that it's kind of creating this brain, this connection, your brain of that, actually that hot water bottle works. Cause I did use food, but then we can start thinking about more about the hot water bottle. Mm-hmm. You have to, the other thing that you might notice is that I've tried to be very pointed about connecting the same tone as, um, with what's going on. So when you said tired, Mm -hmm. sometimes people might say to me, I think that, and it comes with judgment too. I think I should have gone out for a walk because I know that would have perked me up. That would have made me feel better. And instead I didn't really want to. So I, but I felt guilty about that. And then it, then it started going to food Mm -hmm. from what I hear with that is that that person didn't necessarily connect, um, something that that match that same tone of what they're feeling going out for a walk requires a lot of energy and if you're tired that that's not going to really i don't you know no no i can see what you're saying yeah so but if i'm restless nervous anxious restless then absolutely going out for a walk helps manage that and maybe doing breathing exercises at that moment what is another option that sometimes people try and they're frustrated is that it didn't really match the tone of what was going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. recognizing that and giving yourself compassion and permission is really important to be able to match those so when you're feeling really sad because like i just lost my dad Mm -hmm. i mean I, I don't even know what, I mean, I, I, I took one of his old cardigans and I've been wearing that when I go out for uh-huh. my walks and things like that, like just to like, feel like he's physically near. Yeah. Um, and, but sometimes it's like really overwhelming and I'm not sure that I even actually always eat in that moment, but like just the overwhelming sadness that comes, it comes in waves, right? Cause it's still yeah. pretty new. Yeah. So 
I mean, just, I guess one, one thing I do do is look at pictures and those, they always make me feel a bit better, mm -hmm. but, um, or cuddle with my dog who's looking at us again. <laughs> there she is. Cutie. <laughs> Talk about guilt feelings. <laughs> Let me. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, well, that that actually does, it all makes a lot of sense. Because um, it is, sometimes I do, I've, as I'm, as I'm eating these things that I know I shouldn't, right, or I shouldn't be eating very much, I, um, I, my head is telling me that and I, I seem to overrule that I, like in spite of myself but recognizing that probably eating well most of the time and like through this whole stressful period with my dad um, there wasn't a normal schedule at all there wasn't even yeah. like day and night were just kind of all blending mm -hmm. but um, re recognizing that I probably did 80% of the time I probably was eating well. Right. Um, wow. Even focus, in that difficult. Yeah. I just focused so much on the 20% or whatever it was that I wasn't. So I got to start right. focusing on the negative and start also thinking so, about the things I am doing well. Yes. Like, Cause you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot of things that are going well. And that's the key in terms of managing our health. It's not those, that one time, that one time you smoked in grade eight, right. That, yeah. that the, you know, the, the risk cancer risk of one cigarette mm -hmm. it, it, or, you know, the fact that you, you know, one little thing is not going to, 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 um, to throw things off. It's that it's the consistency. It's the same thing with cleanses, right? Like it's not that doing one week of eating X amount X way is going to change the way that our body operates. It's, no. it's caring for your body on the long run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Including chronic diseases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which I know how. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Well, thank Let's you see. so much, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on. Your your question was great. I think that this is going to be very helpful for people. Yeah, this is I think a very probably a lot of people question. do feel the same way. I mean, I always hear yeah. people talk about emotional eating. And I actually didn't really even think of myself as an emotional eater um, for a long time. But now I recognize that that's exactly what I, I, I am. Well, it, it might, I think that is, there's more drivers to it though, that just emotions, right. Of, mm -hmm. of, of um, maybe not giving enough flexibility, easing up on the critical voice on what you eat and what you don't eat. And, and then the lastly, only lastly, then we talk about emotions, emotions right. Yeah. Is that I think actually, I think you're right. I think that you, you're not necessarily an emotional eater, um, but it's just, there's just some patterns that you've learned from, from just existing in our culture mm -hmm. that you've understood. And, and so it has impacts on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank you. Take care. Yes, you too. Yeah. My condolences to you and your family. Thank but, you. Uh, yeah. Take it easy. If you'd like to come on the show to have me answer your question live, or you have a question you'd like me to answer on my own on the show, email me at support at shiftnutrition.ca. Looking forward to chatting with you all. See you next week. This podcast is for education and information purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team to discuss what is right for you and your care.